Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the US, the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Tai-Anne Huang, the co-founder and CEO of Mbiba, a clean skincare brand using generation-tested remedies from around the globe to help solve skin issues for families. Tai-Anne shares her founder's story and her sage advice on what it takes to bring quality skincare products to market. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Tai-Anne. How are you? Hi. Hi, Sylvie How are you guys doing? So good. Yeah, fantastic. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from just outside the suburb of Boston. Um, okay. It actually snowed today of all time. So it's our first snowstorm. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Really? Was yes, it- it's early this year. I miss snow so much. <laughs> we don't have it. We don't get it in Sydney. Well, apparently they get some snow up on the mountain somewhere. Hey, I didn't really? realize that Australia got snow at all, but I went skiing this year in Australia. That is really that silly. Blew my mind. I, <laughs> actually, that really, I did not know that. I, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. You just think Australia is like hot all the time and you're just there and like flip flops at the beach and having barbecues, but it gets cold. Um, and especially in, in the South, that, that's something to get used to. But cool. So have you always lived in Boston? This is where you grew Actually, up? no. I, uh, so I grew up in Vietnam and then my parents, my family immigrated to uh, just New Jersey, just right outside of New York City when oh, I was wow. a child. And then I uh, moved to Boston for college. And that's actually where I met my husband. And then I've been just really traveling around the world um, in my 20s. I, I highly recommend that for everybody who's in their 20s to I do agree. that. <laughs> and uh, I settled down in Boston um, when I got married to the same person <laughs> who I met in college. Oh, that's an amazing yeah. story. Do you remember anything about Vietnam? Oh, plenty. Um, I actually go back quite a bit to, to Vietnam uh, because I also run a uh, international nonprofit to help children and orphans in Southeast Asia called Orphans Futures Alliance. So I'm really love about love giving back to, um, you know, the Vietnamese community there as well as Thailand, where we also have operation there. So I wear many hats, but helping children is my passion in life. Yes, and that's so. That, that is obviously what you have the your brand Mbiba, which is the skincare for children. That I will get into in just a moment. But before we do that, we'd love to know, you know, how how you became the person you are today, what your career was shaped like, and um, how you came to founding the business in the end. Could you tell us that story? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So it's quite accidental. So I actually grew up, um, you know, like every other. Asian stereotype <laughs> family. <laughs> My parents wanted me to be a doctor um, and actually went to pre-med, like all this training to get into pre-med. And then I, maybe I should have done this earlier, but I realized I'm actually very afraid of needles to this day. <laughs> so when we actually got into, yeah, I should have learned that. I, I, I They should have found that out when I was in like middle school and not when I was about to apply for college for pre-med. <laughs> 
And so, so all that work I did, and I'm like, actually, I am really scared of needles of all things. I don't have problem dissecting things. I just have problem with needles. Yeah. So I couldn't get it, get over this weird fear of it. So then I had to switch to business administration. Um, and, you know, I have a twin sister and we wanted to go to college together. And it was very serendipitous. We decided to go to Northeastern University in Boston and uh, you know, there's no real reason why we chose Northeastern for the sheer fact that we were going to be an international business major and was able to was going to get to live in Paris and in wow. France for a year to two years. So I don't know if that's the right decision, like right way to think about to make your decision on colleges is the fact that you get to spend two years, one to two years outside the country. But that's how we did it. No, I think that's an um, awesome way to look at it because it's the opportunity <laughs> that that college then gives you and that traveling can really shape you as a person. And and I think it's really valuable to be able to travel as part of your degree. That's that's awesome. I ha- yeah, I, I think it really did broaden my uh, my learning and about mm. cultures and people. And um, I just highly recommend people to really go out there and really get out of the comfort zone. And, you know, I went to school in uh, Subdigo in Ronce, you know, mm. Champagne Valley. So why mm. not? If anywhere you can go, might as well be Champagne Valley um, <laughs> itself. Uh-huh. And then I went back to New York. I went through the degree of you know, really utilizing my international business degree and was able to travel around the world, really, mm-hmm. um, doing reviewing business operations, like a very consultative way of working. And I did that for pretty much for the last, I don't know, 10 years before I um, eventually decided to move away from corporate and um, started my, uh, started Mbiba. Beautiful. Amazing. And so what... What is Mbiba? Can you tell us a little bit about what your business does and why you wanted to start it? Absolutely. So um, it really, it was um, this inspiration I had when I was visiting my husband family in like rural Bosnia, Bosnian countryside. It's beautiful there. Mm-hmm. And during this trip, my ta- my one-year-old at that time, Nora, had a really severe diaper and heat rash. And, Uh you know, when you're traveling, it's like one of those things where you bring everything along and then you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, not to mention you're in like in the farming area itself. So um, it was was challenging as a mom. Mm. And then one of the family member gave us this bomb that they made um, every every season. Um, And they said, you know what? everything you bought doesn't work and like we can see you're very frustrated mm. and worried so why don't you try this and I was like okay nothing to lose I'll try it and it works so well it actually wow. cleared up her her uh, rashes in a couple of days by itself and it's completely natural so I was really blown away by this um oh and gosh. then when I asked them about you know how did you make this and how what 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 goes into this and and they really brought like told me the story of you know this is what they've been doing for generations they just perfected it they have done and make tweaks along the way Mm. they produce this in the fall for the entire year and because it's like a farming area it's really for dry chapped skin it was like they're all over bomb so that's why we call it the all over bomb what's it made from it's actually just natural ingredients like beeswax honey propolis and a really a combination of like high power anti 
antibacterial, botanical, mm. soothing ingredient like arnica, St. John's. It, it, there's a, a whole entire list of ingredients in there, but it's all grown in that area. Yeah. So it's just whatever they had around, but they tweaked it so much that it just, they perfected it. Um, and that's where this inspiration started. I was having this aha moment where mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to make this by myself because it's very hard to find all these ingredients. But I felt like I needed to share this with other parents because, mm. you know, I've gone through that journey of steroids and, you know, um, cortisone and all the all the usual things that you would use for mm. to combat eczema and psoriasis, etc. And I felt like this needed to come out. And then that's where this inspiration is. There's just so many of these like remedies around the world that people have perfected. But when you say going natural or, you know, have to DIY, make it yourself, it's or like people don't know about it, that it's hard for someone to. So we at Ambiba go and search for these remedies. And mm-hmm. then we go into our lab and I'll talk a little bit more later about it. But really, it's about about introducing the these what we coin generationally tested remedies yeah. to today's family in a very fun, engaging, and appealing way, and that's what uh, Abiba is about. So that's so great. So you're also then supporting kind of like these smaller communities, and then with with taking the recipes. Or how do you go about that research to find all of these? Because obviously this was like a link with your husband's family. Like, how do you then find the other products that you've got? Yep. So we are we are in the product development right now for mm-hmm. five products to be released in 2021 from different uh, parts of the world. We have a product coming out from Tunisia, which I love, love, love. I actually use it on myself. So mm-hmm. it's a it's really great. And so what what it is is that it's through you know family and friends telling us through observation, yeah, um, and through just thorough research that our team does. Like they go in and they look at remedies that's being used in the villages and. Like so, with the for example, with the Tunisian one, I was actually visiting my friends in Provence, and she's Tunisian, and she was using this this remedy um, for her newborn baby, and I was so surprised by it. I can't give it away too much right now, but I was so surprised by it. I was like, I'm gonna take this, and and she was talking to me about how they use this in the villages and and or, uh, in the area, and it just worked so well for sensitive skin and ba- like to prevent rashes, etc. And I'm like, I'm gonna steal that, and I'm gonna tell my team about it, and we go and research, <laughs> thorough research this, and then we go into our lab and reproduce it and make it even better. Wow, um, beautiful. So that's how it is, and like with Vietnam, we have a. Uh, remedy coming from Vietnam. I'm Vietnamese, so I know all about it. But you know, mm-hmm. instead of <laughs> taking a leaf, chewing it, and slapping on your baby, which sounds really gross, but it works. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's not do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like reinvent that a little bit. <laughs> Just slap that leaf right on your baby. It'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. But those are the things. It's so funny. I remember. Um, like my aunt telling me when my first son was little, like, just rub whiskey on his gums. <laughs> just rub a little whiskey on I his really gums. When, teething. when he was teething and, and cranky and I like r- refused to do it. But then when it comes down to like some of those simple old remedies, mm-hmm. like they're around for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like just slap the yeah. leaf on the baby, they'll be fine. <laughs> you know? I just wanna well, the what? other one my parents Sorry, the other one my parents were telling me, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. I, I have to bring it up. But when I was young, I had um, 
really I so I suffer from skin sensitivity and uh and eczema so she they said when I was like an infant I had um this really weird skin rash issue mm-hmm. so they <laughs> decided to like rub me in salt like cured like and then I said so you're like essentially curing me in salt like a piece of pork out. <laughs> 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 yeah, so. That's amazing. Well, so no, like, we well, to did that. we get rid of the rash or did we not get rid of the rash? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wind good. back to your aha moment when you first had that mm-hmm. realization about how amazing this this balm was. And kind of th- take me through your thinking at the time of, you know, you wanted to share this with other parents. Was starting a business on your radar at that point? Were you looking for opportunities or was this something that you thought was too good to pass up? I think it's a combination, right? I actually uh, I actually grew up in a family of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to begin with. My, everyone in my family, with the exception of my twin sister and I, are actually are all have their own business they started it from scratch so it's that entrepreneurial spirit that has always been there but I just mm. never found the the right passion the right cause to do it um so it was there but I just never found something that would actually go okay I'm gonna take that leap of faith and yeah. do it yeah. so with this it just came around uh, it just came along at the right time in my life as well mm. so where I'm going I can do this, but it's also asking myself, can I do this for next five to 10 years? You know, blood, sweat and tears and are, you know, can, um, do we have what it takes to do it? And the answer was very, very obvious to me was yes. And I had the support of my husband and family to do so. Mm. So it was the right time. So everything, so I think it's really like, it has to be the right time for you. So Mm. it could be like the, idea can come earlier but if it's not the right time you're not going to do it yeah and I guess you have to be kind of emotionally ready to start a business as well because especially like there's so many things that are ups and downs that you have to be ready to take that on and and get through those times when things are scary and unpredictable um so yeah yes I, I think so I think so and I think that's where like a lot of and you know I was listening to a podcast on I believe like how I built this, mm, like these rats, um, yeah. and what? Yes, and I think was it Victoria of like uh, Tatcha, and she inspired me so much. And she she essentially said, you know, it's it's all glamour in the on, in the on, on the service, but it's so much work involved, and you really have to be deeply, deeply committed mm-hmm. to doing it in order to start a business. And I felt like I had this passion. And I was going to be deeply committed to do this for 10 years. Mm, that's awesome. It's already been three, by the way. <laughs> does it feel like work? It doesn't. And that's what makes it. And that's that's the difference between work and passion, I think. Yeah. You really have to, right. to love what you do in order to do it 24-7. Mm. Well, I'm all over this stuff because I'm like looking at your website and all of that. And I'm I have a massive gap between my children. So my... Older, older children will be turning um, 12 and 15 next year, and then I'm pregnant with my third. So there's so many cool oh 
Yeah, so many cool things that have come out for babies. Like, I did a belly mask the other day. I masked (laughs) my belly. (laughs) Like a face, but the belly, you know? And I'm like, you know what? When I was pregnant the first time, I would just, again, have my auntie say, rub some cocoa butter on it, (laughs) and that's it. But it's there's so many cool things, and I love how, like, we've got this whole movement. I really think that you've struck into something. Um, There's, like, a movement, this back to basics, back to what is good and natural. Mm. Um, kind of throughout this industry. So it's really great. Yeah. Would it, so your skincare and, products are for families and, and, and children primarily. Is is that your target market? Yes. Yeah, so we are a, so Ambiba is a clean skincare for skin sensitive family. Mm-hmm. So we are starting with just our introduction line, introductory line of baby products. Uh-huh. Um, so it's just for infant toddler, but actually it's, anyone can use it. I actually use a diaper, an over balm on myself every day um, nice. as well. It, it's gotten so popular that we're actually releasing an adult version Wow! wow. Um, in the next few months. And then it's the maternity care. And then it's the overall family one that's going to come out. So the products we're releasing in 2021, 2022 really hits those three categories. We consider ourselves as skin sensitive, sensitivity, um, solution based mm-hmm. uh, company and not really particularly a skincare company if that makes sense mm-hmm. we only make products that we don't see in the um you know um that's already out there but we do it in a, a very innovative way for children yeah. and for, for it, who is our currently who is our um ultimate customer right now yeah yeah, I mean, I think this is great. I guess you can't really give us because you've got the product coming out from the Tunisian recipe. Is there anything else that you're really excited about right now? I'm actually really excited for our rash patch because we've been in development for two years for this. So it's a, yeah. a new way to, so think of it like, mer- and this is really what Encompass and Biba, it's like the merging of technology, skincare technology with the uh, natural uh, remedy itself to really well, I call it modernizing it for the today's family. So mm. that's where this fun, easy, clean, effective uh, yeah. mission comes into play. So we have, so our rash patch is coming out and it's in sticker form and it's really fun for the kids. Oh, so it's something that they want to wear. That's that's really yeah. interesting. So that, that's why we were saying, that's why our model in our office is we make skin uh, product that's effective and family will want to use, yeah. not need to use. Yeah. The interesting thing about like, you know, three, four or five-year-olds, like they will not, they'll like pull stuff, they'll pull a Band-Aid off. Mm. Like they don't, when, if they don't like something, they will <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you do <laughs> as their parent. And I remember I had rashes on the inside of my elbows, like eczema rashes when I was a little girl. Mm. And my mom would try mm-hmm. to get me to put the cream into it every day. Yeah. And she'd like she's like, Oh, Natalie, you don't want, you know, you don't want it to hurt, do you? You don't want this, you know. And it like nothing she could say mm-hmm. would make me stop mm-hmm. stop playing and want to put that cream on. But if you mm-hmm. gave handed me like a cool sticker mm-hmm. to put on the inside of my elbows, like cool. Wonder Woman stickers or something, I would have done it. (laughs) So I think it's interesting. You're thinking about the customer experience. And that customer sometimes is like a child, you know, Mm. that you're trying to get to do something. So that's like one of the coolest thing about us is that, and I love it too, because I'm I'm deeply passionate about product development, is that we... We utilize what we call toy development theory uh, that you would use to make toys to produce our packaging. 
and delivery system. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot. We do a ton of observation of children um, u- utilizing, you know, how do they apply cream on themselves, whether parents, you know, they would reach for it or not. And one of our parents uh, emailed us and said, you know what? I've never seen a, my child actually wanting to put something on. So he got really excited when he got a rash and he said, I'm putting on Dr. Panda. A <laughs> <laughs> so cartoon ambassador is a panda, but his yeah. name is, yeah. But it's like, oh, he was, he's just in a lab coat, you know, for as yeah. a you know, laboratory thing and on our packaging. But to a child, he's might as well have been like Tony the Tiger. So they call it Dr. Panda. So I thought that was the cutest thing. But that's what, you know, it resonates with children. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really good, like, that that idea of taking, like, toy design. If you're making skincare for children, you want them to engage with it, thinking about how toy designers get them to engage. That's so brilliant. Mm, I mean, that is incredible. How did you handle the rest of, of, you know, you're obviously very passionate about product development, skincare, research, all of this stuff, and even operations. How did you handle, like, the branding side of it and, like, all of that other stuff that you had to do to start this business? So I had a vision for this thing, and obviously I needed help. Um, and I believe that if you're, you know, you can't do everything yourself. No. So you got to bring in the experts, and particularly those who are truly understand your vision. So I have an amazing team uh, of like with marketing and creative design that really bring it to life. They just, you know, I give them like, this is what I vision. I always wanted to have a cartoon character or family of cartoon to really tell the story of the brand and sustainable, 100% recyclable packaging things. So how do we make it work? So that's where my team comes in and really deliver. So is this an internal team or are you working with consultants? Um, My teams are all consultants. Okay. And then how did you find and choose these consultants? Like, how'd you know who to hire? Mm, that's a really good question. I actually, this I get asked this a lot. It's like because it, you know, it's it's a hit or miss. Yeah. So what I did is, I did a lot of YouTube tutorial. I, like I looked at YouTube because it's a, such a wonderful resource <laughs> out there. Yeah. But um, I found this website, and one of the videos told me to go to this creative design website called Behance. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure. If, yeah. Yeah. So I troll that for like six months direct. <laughs> nice. um, and I looked at all the designers out there around the world. And then I found like two after six months that truly resonated with what I wanted in the brand. And we just started mm. working. Yeah. Through, you know, character design things. And then I brought in, it really does take me a long time to get the right fit and the right folks who understand the vision. So yeah. I think that's where like a lot of people don't do that. Don't take the time to do it because mm. they feel like you have to rush to market and you yeah. don't really need to. You really need to really think through yeah. what you want to put out there. So that's really where I got it. And then just having, you know, referrals, but then really talking to like the consultants, like my marketing consultant, who's actually coming on uh, like as part of my core team now. Mm. We worked for two years and she just gets it. And that what came out of the need of the fact that we were a modern brand, mm. but we had a natural message. So it didn't really quite jive. And we spent a lot of time um, trying to figure it out. And then I brought in someone who truly understand what I was talking about. And that's how we came up with this and Biba, like what it is today is really the expertise and the creativity from these these folks mm-hmm. really, truly bring it to life. 
That's so good. One of the things I notice about your brand, and this is why I asked that, you have this beautiful balance of appealing to children and also to adults and this uh, the adults that are raising them in this mm. really human way. Like the obviously, like you've designed the products so that kids want to interact with them and they feel kind of like a toy or like a, a special event, right? Like, oh, I get to put on Dr. Panda. Mm. But then <laughs> when I look at your social media marketing, like it is so human and relatable. Mm. And it's like you've really hit on all of the things. Like there's there's one, I'm just gonna read it to everybody. There's one little tile she's got. Um, that you have shared, and it says there should be a my kid woke up at 4 a.m. discount at Starbucks. And it's like, who hasn't had that moment? <laughs> but you're mixing that up with these cute visuals and, like, product images and all that mm. kind of stuff. So you've got this really beautiful balance. Like, you know who all of your target audiences are, the parents that are buying the product, but then also the kids that they need to get to use <laughs> these things. Mm. <laughs> Well, the, the customers myself as well, right? Right. I'm a mom of like a three-year-old, and I'm gonna have. I'm I'm actually pregnant too. And I'm gonna be have uh, having a baby in in February. So yeah, I always joke that it's. Thank you. I always joke that I'm having two babies at the same time at this point. Um, yeah. This and uh, and Biba and the baby. So oh, I hear you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's resonating me as a parent because I I'm an ultimate customer yeah. but yes um we did a lot of research and we did panel surveys of friends and families and just extension of folks to un- truly understand the the need because in skincare there's just a proliferation of products out there I mean thousands and thousands of products and how do you cut through the clutter and I truly believe if you're authentic about what you want in your brand and how effective your product is mm. um, and the personality that you want to project through your brand. Um, and, and Biba is that combination of a little sarcastic, a little humor, mm. um, a ton of information for parents. Yeah. So that so delicate cool. balance. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. So when are your other products launching, just so we can anticipate uh, with enthusiasm, all of these new things that you're doing? Hopefully in Q2 of this year. And COVID kind of like threw a wrench in everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll be able to launch at least by Q2 of this year. Um, and the, the one of the reason is that I don't think we talk too much about is the safety. So and Biba actually go into what we call clinical studies, uh-huh. which is not common for a skincare brand. So we are we do like a six to eight weeks study with overseen by pediatrician and dermatologist on our products itself before we get the study. So it takes us a lot longer than most I consider it skincare brand out there. Mm. In general, it's like 15 months at least for us yeah. before we we produce our product. So, um, and because we take safety so seriously. Yeah, and with skincare as well, like I, I, this is one of my questions for you. Obviously, this is your first company and you've not had that much experience in skincare before this. If someone's listening to this and is thinking of starting their own beauty brand or skincare, what are the watch outs that you found in terms of like regulation or testing or product development that you didn't know before you began this process? It will take three times as long and five times as expensive, not even one time, it's like five times as expensive <laughs> uh, to, to produce. So you mm. really got to be prepared for it. And uh, I also think that 
you have to really do thorough research. Um, And there's so many free industry webinars out there, um, YouTube, just a lot of resources that you really need to think through and do be well prepared for. I think one thing that people don't realize when they produce skincare is the some of the foundational stuff that you need. Like even if you're not your skincare and the FDA is um, regulating skincare differently than OTC drugs, but if you're in skincare where you talk about rashes, eczemas, etc., um, you actually need an FDA lawyer reviewing your label, packaging, and everything. Um, and they will give you like a 30 page and a really big invoice at the end of it all mm. to, just to review your things. And I don't think uh, when you go in it, you don't understand those level of complexity. You A lot of time it looks very glossy. You just go to a manufacturer if you're not going to produce your own products, mm-hmm. get a stock, turn it around, and then wham, it goes onto whatever e-commerce site you do. But they actually that uh, there's a lot more steps along the way that you really need to think through like insurance, FDA lawyers that needs to be involved, submission. Mm -hmm. And if you're on like Amazon, which everyone is these days, Uh there's a whole entire, like whole entire another project by itself just to get on Amazon. You just don't just list onto Amazon. For the biggest company in the world and for being so like prolific, Amazon's back end to list stuff and products is so complicated and so arduous. See, I've heard. It's awful it's a terrible customer experience oh man (laughs) (laughs) what this actually brings up a question do you 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 um adhere to fda regulations you also adhere to the european union's cosmetic safety standards um Mm -hmm. do you are you available in europe like what countries have you targeted to release your products so we're not available in europe we just we consider ourselves we strive for a higher, we call it the higher standard of clean. Yes. Because, you know, clean is like natural. Everyone has their own version of what it is. But for us, clean means safety, uh-huh. efficacy, and sustainability. And we okay. st- stick to that, those three pillars. So for us, safety means we'll go with the FDA. But I do think that, and I truly believe that the EU have much more advanced in regulation and standards for mm-hmm. skincare. And that's why we, even though we, we make, I call it like the minimum standard, we just go way above that and to make sure. So yeah. like, for example, we test 481 pesticides alone on every single batch of products. Wow. So if something wow. kicks out, we have to, res- we go and resource yeah. um, new ingredient suppliers and things. And so, so that's why we don't use organic or natural because I feel at the back, at the, we do it on the back end. We don't just do Cosmo certified. We just go in the back and say, all right, we know this, but there's so much contamination out there. We're just going to do our own test Mm -hmm. itself. And that's a challenge. Um, Yeah. And that's why we like whole foods, but we have interest in from Europe, which is not there yet. It's in, it's in the works. So the reason I ask is here in Australia, there's a massive movement toward clean products and eco-friendly products mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, all of this stuff that you're talking about. I think it'd be a great market for you. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just a tip. <laughs> um, and this would be, this product would go over really well here. 
And shipping is insane, so you'd have to figure out the logistics. Um, but yeah, you definitely would have a market. Well, we have five production labs in Asia alone, so oh, okay, <laughs> it's not the, yes. So it's actually so easier it to get it here. <laughs> it's actually cheaper to get it to yeah. Australia, <laughs> to be go. honest, than it is to get to the U.S. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Next market. <laughs> um, Cool. Well, I mean, is there anything else that you want to tell us about the future of Amoeba or any other ideas percolating in your mind or fun facts you want to share with other female entrepreneurs? I think with entrepreneurs, you know, the one the one thing I I always tell other entrepreneurs is just to do it and yeah. be support and really go out there and network. Actually, that's one of the things I've noticed is that women entrepreneurs don't network as much as they should mm. and this goes back to this this goes back to your question about what should they have done if they go to if you're outside the industry is you got to network 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 right and I think um, LinkedIn makes it easy to do that but you have to do it in a very authentic way mm. and I think you you really have to hustle um, to do so and I mean what I mean by that is you if you need to find all those connection third fourth fifth connections out there and you have to chase them so some of the tricks that i and tips that i've said to other um founders not even in this in this space um is that you need to go and listen to what free webinars sign up for anything possible say yes and make those connection introduction and then follow up in emails or linkedin messages to folks because you don't because those, their connection, you become their connection and then their connections start to notice you. So mm-hmm. uh, the more you post, the more connection you'll see. And that really have, you have to start expanding because then you get like, for example, I'm connected to some very prominent folks, but in their network, there are buyers, there mm-hmm. are PR, there's media that I would have not been able to tap into if I wasn't. I got a little bit shameless and it just like go out there and say, oh, there's nothing to lose. I'm just going to. You're not shameless. You're a hustler. You're a boss. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's actually the way. Actually, you hit it on the nail. It's hustling. But for women, we feel very awkward to do it. But men have no shame. They just do it. Yeah. Um, So I think that's one of the, the thing I would advise a lot of founders and start anyone who's starting their own businesses really grow your network because if you don't you're not gonna have those opportunity come your way and a a good example of this is one of the other founder um, I met when I was in I joined this book club and she said to me you know what actually my family owns independent pharmacies that really is in the space can Mm. you send me your product we'll put it in the uh, pharmacy like samples for our, our folks to try and I'm like Sure. Why not? Let's yeah. see what, how, how that goes. And that, but if you don't join these book club, if you don't make those connections, then your pipeline, even for your sale pipeline or your potential opportunities are just not going to exist. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, that'll be my biggest tip because I find that a lot of women entrepreneurs don't do that enough. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. I think there are a couple barriers. I think, you know, first of all, if we're used to rooms full of dudes, it's like the the opportunities to network used to be limited. Now it's less mm-hmm. like that. But like back in the day, it's like you'd 
you know, sometimes guys would, like, network by, like, going out to dinner and then going to the strip club together afterwards, you know? Like, it would be so not women-friendly. Mm. <laughs> and and now it's it's changing for sure. But I do think there's still, like, some conversations where we feel naturally awkward where we shouldn't. I, I completely agree with you there. And uh, the funny thing is I'm actually naturally introverted. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, like, when people meet me, they're like, you're so extroverted. I'm like, yes, but it takes, like, 200% of my time to energy level to be this extroverted. And then right. I just go home and have a cup of tea and then go straight to bed Yeah, right afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Hang out with the kids. That's all the energy I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, well, it was so beautiful talking to you. I'm really mm. excited to try your diaper cream and then your other products that you come out with. I cannot wait. It's so good. So inspiring. Thank yeah. you, Tayan. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, guys. And like, uh, let me send me your address. I'm definitely sending it regardless of postage. You guys should oh. really try it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I actually try to I use it on myself so that I you know it works really well for, uh, for uh, rashes. Um, But thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to um, really have this chat. And I hope that your um, listeners get a a little bit out of it. And honestly, let them know. Feel free to connect with me um, on LinkedIn. I do respond back all the time. Maybe not so fast, but I will respond back if they ever have any questions. Oh, how good. Brilliant. Thank you. All right. Well, I've just sent you a LinkedIn connection request. So we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice2Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.